your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. Good afternoon. Welcome back, Rick. <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. We have a pretty good opportunity after the bottom half of the hour to get in here and harass me if you want. Dr. Aaron Engel, the lacrosse school superintendent, is going to join me in about nine, eight, eight minutes as we talk. And of course, we're going to talk about the flyover that is happening and now isn't happening. No, we're going to talk about the referendum. 608-785-7914. If you have questions that you would like me to ask Dr. Engel, shoot me a text. Yeah, there was a, a flyover schedule. We got news of it. We wanted to confirm it. It's, it's always interesting. So we, we hear that there's going to be a flyover. So these F-35s, the, essentially the trillion-dollar jet that the United States government has been working on for, I don't know, maybe more than, maybe decades. I, I'm not exactly sure how long, but it, we've, we've put over a trillion dollars into the jet. And um, we got word you know, the anonymous source. We got word that there was going to be a flyover schedule, but nobody from the district has had said anything. And so we're like, okay, well, who do we call? Who do we contact? And in the, as soon as you start making calls and contacts, then they don't get back to you until they put out some kind of news release. Hey, by the way, we're having a flyover. So that went out today, right around the same time that we got somebody on the phone to talk about it. And then a couple hours after that, canceled. Why it was canceled, I don't know. It could be a number of reasons. Maybe maybe people complain that we don't want to fly over. Maybe people in the area. It was going to be part of kind of like a promotional part of, of raising money for Northside Elementary playground equipment. And... Um, I think 1,100 people have signed up for this thing because uh, Cuckoo Kangaroo is playing. I'm not, I don't know what Cuckoo Kangaroo is. Is it, are they playing? Is it a thing? I should, I should search this. I just, it just occurred to me that they're, they're like a kid's band, right? Or something like a kid's group. I don't have kids. Can't tell. So, so that part is still happening, but the F-35 flyover has now been canceled. And uh, someone who, who likes to see that stuff, the idea that they're just going to fly over one time. I think they've been doing this if quite a bit during the week, right? And I think, man, I want to say I saw some, well, I saw some Apache helicopters a couple Mondays ago. But the idea that the we were going to have F-35, I haven't seen F-35. Brad, are you, you're in town more than I am. I, the F-35s flying around? There were a couple of them over at downtown last, you know, since early this week. I okay. mean, there'd be a, a, just like, what are they doing here? Oh. <laughs> it was nice just buzzing jet. around. I and think then I saw an there's... Eastern Airlines jet flying toward the airport yesterday, and it's like, Eastern doesn't fly here. But the F-35s are, are they're, they're, they have a home base in Madison now, right? Like I we've, think so, yeah. I remember seeing stories that that was controversial, that we yeah, were going to house some of the jets there. Because it's like, where's that sound coming from? And it's like, oh, it's one of those. Was it last summer that we we had a flyover? Oh, yeah. Or yeah. during COVID? Maybe it was well, two years was, ago. Uh, 
Remember, because me it and you were on. It was more of it because they did have uh, the Slayton Air Fest last year. So that... It was two years ago. We were standing on the top of the parking garage. Yeah, there was another. I don't know if it was the same jets, but. It was no, it wasn't the like same that. jets, but it was a flyover. And there that was, was part of flyover. their. Yeah. It was part of their, like, routine training. And and then we just called it, you know, we're, we're doing it for the nurses. Right. It's always kind of sure, a funny yeah. thing. But anyway, you, yeah, so, you didn't look up cuckoo kangaroo. Well, I, I saw, I, I there, saw enough. Two guys from Minneapolis, and they're they're very popular with kids. Yeah, so. I saw. This is what I saw. I just yeah, googled so it, and I, I'm like, I, the, the uh, principal at Northside said that they are they are very popular, and uh, it's sort of a coup to get them. Tom a, Pease a is my like. Is he a, like? Do you remember Tom Pease? Tom P. Uh, no. No. Okay. So that's when I was a kid. That was Tom Pease. Was this like guy who played different instruments and entertained kids? Yeah. And was fun. Well, this may be the same sort of thing. The same so, sort of thing. That's yeah. why. Well, what's like? What is yours? Like, like Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> Captain Kangaroo. We're gonna st- pretty much was Captain Kangaroo in my era. Yeah. We'll, we'll just yeah, stick with and, kangaroo. and Bunny Rabbit and Mr. Moose and you know. All right. We, grandfather Clock. You have. 30, I'm really old. You have thirty seconds. To get back to the newsroom. All right, Doctor Aaron Engel, coming up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. But Dr. Engel, Dr. Aaron Engel, Lacrosse School Superintendent, is on with me now. Uh, we're about an hour and 15 minutes before the second consecutive day of, of having, what do you want to call this, like a community meeting on the school referendum? Oh, here we questions, go. A great chance for folks to get out and get their questions answered. I missed. Uh, can you say it again? I just I had the wrong thing potted up. Yeah, it's a community uh, list or information sessions. Yeah, and you you have a whole bunch of these scheduled, right? So there's 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 no reason not to to get down there and check out the plan, right? Yeah, we definitely hope folks can show up. We've got them scheduled every two weeks, pretty much through uh, November, and uh, a number of virtual options as well for folks that would prefer to meet that way. What is the, is this more of uh, you're going to tell people what's going on or more people can ask you what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so we, we start with a, a quick uh, update on how we got here, some basic information uh, about how the plan was developed and the impact. But most of the time is reserved for Q&A. Uh, we know folks had a lot of questions and we want to give them an opportunity to, to ask those questions. Additionally, um, at some of our sites, we're able to provide tours of our existing facilities with uh, our, our custodial and maintenance folks. So that's another opportunity for folks to check out our buildings and see why we're moving in this direction. And at 6.30 p.m. tonight, Logan Middle School is, I believe, where you're going to be at. That's correct. All right. So how, how did we get here? I mean, like that's, that's probably the biggest question, right? Like why are we in this position where we need to ask taxpayers for $194 million? Yeah, absolutely. So we have been experiencing declining enrollment, uh, for over two decades. Uh, we've, uh, we have, uh, 1,636 fewer students than in 2001. And it, our schools are funded on a per-pupil basis. Um, the, uh, as kids come into a school district, we get more money. As kids leave, we have less. And so uh, as we look out into the future, we see that we've got some budget deficits coming up uh, as a result of uh, fewer kids in our buildings. And in particular, the last two years, the state has not added new funding for schools. And so that really impacts our, our future budgets as well. And we've got some aging buildings. Uh, all three of our middle schools are over 80 years old. 
And uh, we've got a lot of uh, maintenance that's uh, standing there uh, that uh, we would prefer to avoid. What kind of questions are you getting, you know, going, go, you know, from these public input sessions? And maybe when you're at the grocery store, maybe people are, are recognizing you and asking you questions. Yeah, everywhere I go, this is a topic of conversation, uh, even across the state. I uh, definitely appreciate why. It's a big deal. Um, the, the primary questions that we're hearing from folks uh, uh, relate to process. How do we get here? You know, why is this the proposal? Uh, we're also hearing folks that have uh, concerns who live in various places across our, our community. Uh, some of those concerns involve, um, you know, access. Uh, you know, if there isn't uh, a school uh, on both sides of town, how will kids get to school? Uh, other questions involve opportunity. Um, you know, if we have one basketball team instead of two, there'll be, you know, fewer starting varsity spots. And so we're able to, to answer those questions in these informational sessions. You know, uh, no project, no plan is perfect. There's always uh, compromises as, as we're looking at, at these things and, and trying to balance what those are. You know, as it relates to, to access for folks, uh, you know, we'll have busing routes to ensure that kids get to school. And we also know that after school extracurriculars, people need probably a late bus to get home, which is common in many districts. Uh, and so we'll be working with uh, the city, hopefully, and the MTU to provide access as well. Uh, and so those are some of the things that we're able to let folks know about at these informational sessions. The price tag sounds huge, $194.7 million. You guys can swing it this way. It's only $8 per $100,000 of property tax. Is that eight per 100 That's correct, $8 per $100,000 of property value. All right, so one of the questions that I, I get a couple of times, I just, I, this is a good, like how did we get that number? Uh, yeah, so uh, there's been a number of high schools built around the state in the last couple of years, uh, Verona, uh, Sun Prairie, uh, Nina. And so we kind of know what the costs of high schools are. And with inflation the way it's been recently and uh, projecting out four years before completion, uh, we're able to come up with uh, pretty good estimates of what uh, it would cost to build uh, a building of this structure. The reason we're able to do it for a relatively low uh, impact on the mill rate is because we've been uh, aggressive about paying off uh, old debt that we have, uh, the, the old reference that we have. We want to avoid interest payments, uh, and we want to pay down that principal as quickly as we can. It's given us a really uh, good opportunity to do something big for a relatively small impact from one year to the next. We're speaking with Lacrosse School Superintendent Dr. Aaron Engel. All right, um, is, is the biggest factor here school enrollment, or is the biggest factor here? We have too many buildings, and or or is, I mean, maybe part of this is that is it eighty six million dollars in deferred maintenance? Like, is there a ranking here of of why we we have to you know do something? Yeah, it's all kind of interconnected. It all relates to, to finances and budget deficits. We have fewer students, so we have less money coming into our school district each year. And uh, despite the fact that we've lost 1,600 students over 20 years, our building footprint is approximately the same. So we're just not as efficient as we need to be. As we're able to consolidate buildings, uh, we'll be more efficient. And we estimate that we'll be able to save about $4.5 million annually that we can use to balance our budget, reinvest in our students and our schools. $86 million in, in, in deficit or yeah, like maintenance deficit. How do how do we end up get? Do, did you guys just forget to to wash the windows and and update the HVAC? Like how do you get to that big of a hole? 
Yeah, so uh, as, as buildings age, uh, you know, they slowly uh, deteriorate, and we're able to, to keep up as best we can, but our annual budget for maintenance is uh, $1.2 million. And, you know, as, as roofs d- deteriorate, as uh, electrical goes, uh, you know, with 80-year-old buildings, you know, you need to replace the plumbing at certain points. You know, those costs really add up. And funding for schools hasn't kept up with inflation, and it hasn't kept up with our, our building maintenance needs. And so every now and again, it requires uh, capital referendums in the state of Wisconsin to rejuvenate buildings uh, and, and to move forward. Um, building a new high school allows us to move out of those three old middle schools. And then our middle school students get to move into our existing high schools at Logan and Central. It'll be an immediate upgrade for those students with better science labs, athletic facilities, music classrooms, uh, and more opportunities there at those sites. How does your plan compare to Onalaska, who's now going to the taxpayers with their $75 million referendum? Um, uh, different types of projects. I think they're looking at renovating their existing structures. I don't know too much about the details, but I know that they've done a, a good assessment of their facilities. They've done a, a good communication with their community, and they've identified that as a, a critical need and a good opportunity. So uh, definitely support on Alaska and their efforts to improve their educational facilities as well. There's kind of a big like, hello. Uh, to me, it seems like, hello, like when on Alaska is doing the same thing, um, like, and our, our state legislature is sitting on a three point something billion dollar, uh, budget, uh, surplus, right? Um, w- could the state legislature just get back in session? They're in the middle of a, f- a 10 month hiatus and, and do something about these referendum, you know, like get rid of the referendum here. You know what we'll do? We'll, we'll help fund the school. Uh, that would certainly alleviate our, our budget deficits to provide different opportunities. Uh, you know, historically in the state of Wisconsin, though, referendums have been needed for, for local projects. The state could always reconsider how they, they fund these sorts of things. Uh, they could lower the cost of taxpayers by, you know, uh, preventing, you know, interest payments and those sorts of things. But uh, I, I would love to see some of that uh, excess revenue go to education. I know lots of folks across the state would. Uh, um, but unfortunately, uh, they've decided not to. Um. Somebody asked me on the text line, declining births mean less students. What is the annual projected student enrollments? I guess we would have to know the student enrollment average the past years as comparison to the future, I suppose. Yeah, we uh, conducted a population study with the UW Applied Population Lab uh, out of UW-Madison. And uh, they've been doing these population studies for many, many years and doing for counties and a state. And uh, that, uh, um, the, the five different ways that they calculate future enrollment showed a, a decline in our school district, which is common across the state. Uh, most school districts across the state are experiencing uh, declining enrollment uh, because people just don't have as many kids as they used to. Um, you know, families, instead of being four or five, are now one or two. And so it leads to fewer kids in our, in our school district. Uh, another texter says, and, and this is probably how you get a lot of these uh, questions, maybe. Ask Dr. Engel why he doesn't listen to what the people want and basically forces through his own agenda. We do not want to merge schools. It will not be cheaper or benefit 90% of the population. I'm sure you've heard different versions of that. Uh, yeah, definitely have. Um, you know, I was 
surprised this is where we end up, to be to be honest. When we uh, initiated our long-range facility plan two years ago, I thought it would be more elementary-focused. But as we uh, developed options and we met with focus groups uh, last year, um, different community focus groups, staff focus groups, uh, various uh, interest groups around the city, what started to emerge was a real interest in a one high school option to meet all of those challenges uh, that we've talked about. Uh, and then uh, we explored that further with a community-wide survey that was sent to every box holder in the in the in the school district. And once again, it showed 56% support for exploring a uh, one high school option. Once again, we were a little bit surprised by that. Uh, we knew that people wanted to know where this was going to be built and what the cost would be, so we were a little skeptical of that number. But we, that led us to that that second survey that we put out uh, to every single person in our in our community, and once again, it came back with more support for a one high school option than uh, than uh, than than against, and uh, that led us to continue down this path. Uh, it is the the plan that meets uh, the challenges uh, that we outline head on, and we feel really benefits you know over half of our students in our school district every single year by providing better middle schools and a brand-new high school that can really prepare our kids for the jobs of the future. Another texter asks, uh, what if enrollment increases? Do we, is, is there any plan for that? What if we all start having um, babies, Angle? <laughs> yeah, I, there's a, a chance uh, enrollment could increase, you know, maybe sometime down the road. You know, the all of the projections, even out to 2040, that the state provides for the city of La Crosse show flat, uh, population. Uh, you know, we've had the same population in the city of La Crosse essentially since 1970. Uh, you know, so the, this high school will be built uh, to accommodate 1,800 students. You know, when students uh, uh, are first uh, occupying it, it will be a, you know just over 1,700 students we anticipate. You know, so there'll be some flexibility into the future if things reverse course or change. Uh, and so we feel like we'll have the capacity we need for the foreseeable future. What do you do with the buildings that you're going to like essentially vacate, right? If the, the everything goes perfectly and we move into the new high school and the train building, we'll have some empty buildings that the school district will be quote-unquote owning, right? Yeah, that's correct. We will be vacating uh, the three middle schools, Lincoln, Logan, and Longfellow, as well as uh, a likely Hogan Administrative Center. And so um, I'm not a, a, a city expert or a, a community development expert, so we'll involve the neighborhood associations and our neighbors, uh, and we'll involve the city to develop a plan for how best to use these sites. Um, you know, a lot of these buildings are in residential neighborhoods, so I imagine that'll be a part of that plan, whether it's, you know, uh, affordable housing or, uh, or single-family homes whatever it is, to maybe attract more families into our school district and uh, help uh, uh, add to the neighborhoods that are already there. It's My understanding is, you know, for you, you, you would like to see the, the train plant turn into a new high school, right? Like, that's what you favor? Um, that it, We proposed that idea through this referendum because we thought it would be great for kids. And then um, do you have alternate plans if the referendum doesn't pass? Yeah, uh, we finalized our long-range facility plan back in May, and it outlines a, a number of different pathways. Um, you know, uh, we think that this one does the most good for the most students, provides great opportunities, and really sets us up well for the future. But, you know, there's other ways to, to balance our budget as well. Uh, we'll have to tackle elementary school, 
buildings sooner uh, than maybe we would have otherwise, and we'll still have to consider a high school consolidation uh, at some point in the future if state funding doesn't change uh, and help balance our budgets in other ways. My my idea, and I know you put out the letter that said we'll move all the high school students to Central. Is it out of the question? So when I went to Hortonville and the high school and the middle school and the elementary school, you know, in the 90s was all in one building. Could could, could we not do Logan High School slash elementary in one building and Central High School slash elementary in one building? <laughs> Anything's possible. I, I, went, I grew up in a K-12 building as well. Uh, it worked for us, you know, but our enrollment was much less than, than here in La Crosse. Uh, there's uh, real advantages to keeping uh, students that are similar in age uh, together and, and in some cases separate, um, you know, and there's efficiencies that are gained by bringing the same age students together. So by bringing our high school students into the, the same space, uh, we're able to reduce the number of administrators, administrative assistants, uh, custodians, teachers that we have uh, because we're more efficient with what we have. We're also not able to offer some of the opportunities we want to for kids right now because there aren't enough kids in those buildings. We offer electives and courses that kids sign up for at Logan and Central, but at Logan, say, there might be five kids that sign up, and at Central, there's nine. We can't run that course in either school, but if we were together, we'd be able to offer that class and and provide more opportunities for students. All right, and then, um, you know, if if we do end up in one high school so would it just be called lacrosse high school uh we haven't settled on <laughs> any sort of name that would certainly be after a referendum passed yeah uh, is there I like the idea of unifying our community behind our, pri- our primary identity of lacrosse uh, i think that works but there'll be a, a committee of folks to get together to determine what that looks like is there any in community is there any discussion about doing what west bend east west does where you know if you're born on an odd day you go to west if you're born on an even day you go to east and then we still have central and logan within the same high school and they play each other yeah that is an idea that we explored and certainly one that we're aware of it intrigues me personally uh it allows us to keep some of our identity that we have and uh you know increases opportunities in athletics but it maintains the those opportunities for classes and new lab spaces uh we asked our community that on on one of our surveys and there was not a lot of support for that concept uh, it was clear to to us that uh, our community was saying, if you do consolidate to one high school, we want it to be one identity. Is, are people more worried about sports than education here sometimes, do you think? Uh, I think every uh, parent and student approaches it through a different lens. We've heard concerns about uh, academics to the same extent that we've heard them about athletics. Uh, you know, it all depends on, on where uh, a family or a student comes from. Some people, you know, like you said, if we have decline, decline enrollment, we go to one high school, some kids might get cut from the team because there's only one team now instead of two. But if we have declining enrollment, if we did the West Bend East-West plan, would there maybe not be enough players to field a football team because of the declining enrollment? Or to field two football teams, I mean. Uh, you know, as we move forward, there's a chance. We already co-op 40% of our athletic teams. And our football players play both ways. You know, our teams are generally in Division Two or Three. You know, whereas historically we used to be Division One. 
Uh, I hear uh, stories from folks across the community that Central once had 1,800 students and Logan High once had 1,300 students. You know, so back then there were fewer opportunities for kids as well, but they still really appreciated the education they got. We also feel that there will be new opportunities for kids by combining into one high school. Uh, we don't currently offer uh, some of these up-and-coming sports like boys volleyball and lacrosse. You know, so while maybe there's five fewer students that are able to start on the boys' basketball team, we'll be able to add 9, 10, 11 starters on lacrosse or six more starters on a boys' volleyball team. Uh, and there's also a greater opportunity for intramurals. There's uh, plenty of kids who love to play basketball, but they have no interest in competing at the varsity level. They just want to play against their friends, maybe win a trophy at the local level, and have a good time. And so... By putting all of our students in, in, in one building, we'd be able to uh, offer more opportunities like that. All right, that's Lacrosse School Superintendent Dr. Aaron Engel. I, I have more questions, but I know you got to get to this meeting. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Have a great day. All right, thanks a lot. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, filling in for Rick Solom. <laughs> 608. 785-7914 if you want to get in here. Thanks again to Dr. Aaron Engel for, for stopping in before that meeting at L- Logan Middle School. Right Logan right? Middle School tonight, 630. And now I stole Brad away because he has a city council meeting in 18 minutes, right? Right. Uh, Lacrosse City Council, the monthly meeting, the big meeting. The big meeting. The meeting where uh, the, a lot of the stuff is kind of finalized how the council is going to vote. It's not like the right. public... The the public can go to these meetings, but there's not a big opportunity to speak out. Huh? Well, uh, that's generally what happens at the committee meetings is where people can get to speak out on these ideas. And you're... it's in in the old days, way old. You know, this is until like I think they changed it 15, 20 years ago. Is what they used to have was two full meetings of the city council the same week. Tuesday night they would have the committee of the whole. And that's when people would go and uh, speak up on different topics, and sometimes that would go past midnight. So that was, uh, people had a lot to say. And then they would have what is happening tonight, the Common Council meeting, two nights later, just in case people change their mind or there is new information coming up. Well, they stopped doing the Committee of the Whole, and now if people want to speak out, they go to the committee meetings, either the JNA, which is uh, Tuesday the week before council, or finance and uh, personnel Thursday of the week. And that they generally don't have people speak tonight because the speaking has been done and now it's time for the council to make the decisions. And you're, you're at these, the, the, the big JNA and FMP meetings. Yeah. How, what would you say the public input is? Well, uh, some, it depends on what the, the issue is. If it's something that's getting people stirred up, they will turn out. There weren't a whole lot of uh, people meeting this time. Uh, the, the main issue, I think, tonight that's going to get attention is changing the alternate side parking rules. Yeah, where, we want to... Where we only have to try, only have to go alternate side parking when it's had a lot of snow. Three inches, right? Two, three, three or more? Two, three inches. I think it's three mi- inches or more of snow. Yeah. And then... And that's only parking, lasts 48 hours. The parking rules go into effect, alternate side parking right. rules. Remember when we tried to do this where we... If, if there was a quote-unquote snow emergency and then just don't park on the road at all? Do I have them? Am I there, thinking? They, they tried that. 
Yeah. Because where do you park if you can't park in the street? And then there's that same sort of thing they tried in the campus area. And uh, there was concern is that, well, we're not getting word to the students or the, the people working at the university. And so that. Well, did anyone show up to the, was it the F&P meeting or J&A meeting when alternate well, side parking was, was proposed? I, I, remember? It was more of the J&A, I think. But did so anyone? There, sh- there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot of discussion about it, but it, it is obviously Parking and alternate side parking and tickets are things that get people riled up. What was the police's apprehension to doing this new alternate side parking? Uh, th- that uh, they say this has been tried in other places like Eau Claire and it didn't really work out. So why don't we just have it the way it is? Yeah, I just don't understand. What, people what, what, are saying, oh, you just want them all the money from the parking tickets is what you want. So. Yeah, that's what I would think. What what would be the dilemma there? We're only going to do alternate side parking when it snows more than two or three. It's got, I think it's three inches. Right. Well, I, I think part of it might be the idea that this is something that for now, unless they change it, for now, it gets put into play. Well, I mean, for a long time, it started Halloween night and then would go until April Fool's Day. So that's five months. Yeah. And then they shortened that from middle of November until middle of March. And now the uh, the practice is, well, the, the earliest it can start is November 15th. But we've had a couple of years like last year where there wasn't any snow yet. So, you know, maybe well, there, there were leaves maybe in the gutter. Yeah, we don't even get out. snow until until like Christmas. But also we also get snow in April. That's after right. The, you that's know, that's so. right. And then the rules are over. But uh, that might change here. But, I think, but but it was November fifteenth, and and now the attitude is the first time we get two inches of snow after November fifteenth, that's when it starts. But but the uh, the current practice is it starts, and then we keep it going every night until the middle of March. We could they do, don't want that. To we could do alternate side parking if we change it to no alternate side parking unless it snows. We could do that year round, just we just could. in case it snows tomorrow. And and part of part of the change here is that it wouldn't if. For the very brief times that we would have alternate side parking, it would be all day. It wouldn't be the midnight until 5 o'clock or whatever. Oh, that's the big change. Yes. Oh, okay. I guess, yeah, I didn't take that into account. So you would have to, so even in downtown? Right. Everyone would have to park on one side of the road. And it's a 48-hour period is what they're talking about. Do they get rid of the three-hour, two-hour in the road thing? Uh, like for for that period of time, I think they would. Yeah. What do I, you predict? Do you think it passes, I, or are they going to delay it? It's mid. It's it's <laughs> mid August. So my my prediction is everything gets delayed at least once. So that could happen tonight. Well, it's good to talk about this in August, right? Although, because we now, know wait it's a not we were see. talking a little earlier about things that that uh, didn't come. You know, people get surprised by it. it's like we didn't hear anything about this, and you were asking me examples. Now, one example that has come up in the last few months that that fits that category is the, uh, now I can't, I can't think of what it's called. No, I know it. No, no, it's the, uh, the, the, for if you think you're gay or if you think you're trans conversion Conversion therapy, conversion bad, the conversion therapy is that the city council said, we're going to ban conversion therapy and people who support conversion therapy saying, wait a minute, when did this come up? We don't like this. Yeah, and they so missed that was the, another like they missed when a couple of happen? they missed a couple of weeks of meetings. So that's I mean that can happen, but there there are a lot of these things that have happened over the years as we were we were talking about. Well, we that, were that, talking that, about, but the city council will do something, and uh, segments of the public will say, 
when did this come up? I never heard about this. Right, and and then the city council or whoever the city goes, well, we had multiple public right. input sessions. We had it in committee a couple of times. We even delayed it, and now it's at the city council Thursday monthly meeting for a vote, and then we passed it, and nobody showed up to any of the meetings or any, like the public input right. session tonight at Logan Middle School over the school referendum. Yeah. How there, many people? There will probably, I, I would think there will be. Last night there were fifty or so people at Lincoln Middle School, yeah. so there might be the same number of people tonight. Well, and, and did that did that meeting? It got a little contentious, right? It got a little, yeah. So the, there was a little raised voices and and things, and and a lot of it was along the lines of what had been talked about before. Is that the, the uh, email went out saying, "Well, we might have to put everybody in central if this doesn't pass." And Superintendent Engel has addressed that and said, well, oh, it's it's not something that would be automatic. It could happen years from now, but it's an option. It's not a done deal. Right. All right, that's Brad Williams. Okay. He's going to go. Zo- are you zooming in or are you going to go into City Hall? I'm going to City Hall. He's, he's headed down to City Hall. So say, <laughs> say hi to him at the City Council meeting. It's happening at 6 p.m. in downtown La Crosse. All right, we're going to take one more break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just going to wrap up here a couple minutes before I'm back in the morning to finish off my week as Mike Hayes on Lacrosse Talk AM. Thanks again to Lacrosse School Superintendent Dr. Engel. Uh, thanks to Eric from Sparta for waiting here. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. I was wondering if this new school they want to build in the train center, mm-hmm. a fifth of a billion dollars, who's going to end up paying for that? Is that the current students or the grandchildren? grandchildren who are going to end up paying for this are their great-grandchildren. I think it's like a 20-year plan. You guys had a referendum, right, for new schools in yeah, Sparta? They, yeah, they screwed us over big time. They, they By 68 votes, got a $32.5 million quote. Now the superintendent got fired. You got an $83,000 bill on the way out. How's that going for you, huh? It ain't working. They look like going to pay for, the, pay for this through the nose, and you know it. All right, well, I'm... Uh, eight, it, according to Engel, we asked him, it's $8 per $100,000 of property tax. So, I mean, that, so, I mean, what's everyone, I, I would guess that most people own like a $200,000 home, right? So 16 bucks a year to help pay for this. And then I believe, I believe it's like for 20 years. So $16 times 20. So 32, $320. Is that right? 20, $320, 16. Yeah. Something like that. Um, a new stereo. Uh, Aaron, did did I, I have some of these texts, and I asked Engel, thank you for texting. Some of these questions were great, and I, I did try to get most of them to, to Dr. Engel. Uh, uh, Aaron did text in, did I hear him right? They will use the two existing buildings for the middle schools. Will they need the maintenance fees? Well, yeah, we're going we're gonna to still have to update the buildings and, and do maintenance on them. But the, the, the big... So there's $86 million in deferred maintenance, but the big chunk of that cost is the buildings that they will uh, essentially phase out. So my biggest question, and he, and he didn't have a great answer, I don't know what they're going to do. If they go to the, if the referendum passes, the next step is, okay, we're going to vacate these, these um, uh, elementary schools. I think he said three of them and the and administrative center. Well, what do you do with those schools? A, they're really old, right? They have a bunch of deferred maintenance. And, you know, it's not like we were filling vacated buildings in the city left and right, right? <laughs> we have all kinds of vacated shopcos in the city. So so now we're going to have three or four more vacated buildings from the school district. And do they sell them to just sell them outright? Does the city 
or the state. It's public schools. So I'm not exactly sure who inherits these buildings then. And we've seen this in the past where buildings with a lot of deferred maintenance that the, the government owns in one way or the other, they just sell them for a dollar because there's so much maintenance to, to be put into them that they can't keep up, right? Like, they, like we got to, here, take the building. Good luck. There's like $10 million of, of maintenance to put on it before you would be able to even use it. So we did this a little bit with the Fish Labs building in, in, in Riverside Park. Um, we kind of did this whole argument. We did the whole public input sessions and city council committees and putting it off a week and putting it off or a month and the next month. And then finally we came to a decision and then the outcry uh, from just from the neighbors. Same thing's going on with the school district now. Uh, but there's a public input session in, in a half hour. You can you can hit the city council meeting at six or you can hit the public input session for the school district. They're doing it uh, multiple times. 